0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. We gotta bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and The Spectator. Especially
2: Grace. Grace, stand up.
1: Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Hey, I just want to give a heads up because I did get a text message about a... we, We were talking about mistakes people make, whether it's pronunciations or, you know... Just errors that really upset, you know, the left-wing media and Gavin Newsom. And somebody had texted in something about, I'm just going to throw this out there in case anyone has the cut I'm looking for. This is a shot in the dark. Here are the keywords. Joe Scarborough, Kanye West, and Jay-Z. If you know what I'm talking about and you have access to that sound, will you send it to grace at HowieCarShow.com? I would very much appreciate that. Thank you. Um, all right, let's, before we get into the Heroes to Zeros scandal, let's go to Tom. You're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Tom.
3: Hey, uh, I just, you talked a few minutes earlier about um, Nevada yes. and how the residents out there like to hear it called Nevada, not Nevada. It, it, it's similar to, like, the state of Oregon. It's pronounced Oregon, not Oregon, and it's Spokane, Washington, not Spokane, and it's the same thing I found here: is that people that aren't from the Massachusetts will call Peabody Peabody as it's spelled. So anyway, and then as far as Bud Light, no. Uh, ever since that condescending uh, commercial with Dylan Mulvaney in that Harvard-educated uh, CEO, whatever she was, marketer uh, talking about being fratty, I have not. Bought one Budweiser product since then, and I'm okay, not so going to buy one. They so got to, they got to, they got to come back groveling on their knees, and they have to start putting stuff up there. Guys like me, who are blue collar guys, I'm not going to apologize. That you know something, I like to see a calendar with uh, beautiful women in swimsuits that are toned, and I'm tired of being told that Lizzo is sexy, uh, I can't take it anymore. I'm not going to apologize for objectifying women.
0: Okay, well, um, hmm. this is strange. I didn't think we were going to go this route. I just want to clarify something because the, the second part, I think Tom's called in about that before. The, the, your calendars and all that, I, I'm not even going to go down that road. But what I will say is this, there's this common misconception that there was a commercial with Dylan Mulvaney. There was not a commercial. There was going to be some sort of partnership. Um, they were going to be a spokesperson for Bud Light. They made Dylan Mulvaney a can. Now, the second part of that that Tom mentioned is the the woman, the marketer, who like, got on there and talked about her great idea. That was the part of it that, in my opinion, doomed Bud Light. Now, a lot of people would say, no, it was Dylan Mulvaney, because that's kind of the thing that people grasp onto. But... I thought the woman talking about how they wanted to steer away from the fratty culture of Bud Light, that was more insulting to the people who buy the beer. Now, I just texted a friend of mine. I'm already picturing people going, you're not going to say anything about Tom saying he's objectifying women? I'm not going to get into a fight with Tom about his calendar preferences, but what people are texting me or they're saying, you know, I've, I've found something else. I found an alternative. I found Miller light. I found Coors light, but I did text a friend of mine who's a big, was a big Bud Light drinker. And I said, have you gone back to drinking Bud Light? Have you purchased it since all this happened? And he wrote back and said, yes, I have. So I think people who love Bud Light, which there Our are, party! there are people out there who love it, have gone back. And I don't have really an issue with that. Like. The whole point of this, if you want to call it a boycott, was to send a message. And I agree with Trump. And by the way, there's a story out in the Daily Beast that Trump has some of his own reasons for wanting anheuser Bush not to, you know, go down in flames, including uh, I think he has stock in anheuser Bush. But I, I don't e- I really would be it wouldn't shock me if that's why some of these people like Dana White are pushing for Bud Light to have a comeback. But I also just don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with this idea that at a certain point, it's okay to move on from something if a company has figured out what they did wrong and they don't do it again. And, you know, ticking off your customers is not good for business. And if Anheuser-Busch has figured that out, well, good. I'm not like hoping that, because what's the end game here? Anheuser-Busch just is destroyed and all those people lose their jobs. I don't know doesn't really do much for me. But I think for a lot of people, that is the end game. Like, I'm getting the vibe that there's a lot of people who are like, nope, I want to see Bud Light suffer forever. And that's, they have that, they have that prerogative. You have that prerogative to want to see them squirm. That's just, for me, it's, I, I don't really see, I don't really see what's productive about that. I, I think they've figured out that, I, I think they've suffered. I really do. 844 500 But again, and, and I go back to this, even though I think they've suffered and I think they've learned their lesson, what I don't understand and what they're going to have to try to figure out is how do you get people to buy your product again if they found something that's just as easy and just as good for them to get? Like why why how do you convince people to give you a second chance? I guess is the is the question that they're gonna have to answer. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Wow, man, we just started off that segment. We've covered so many things: Bud Light, bikini calendars, pronunciations. And Jared, it's only one twelve. I mean, where can we go next? Well, here's where I want to go next. I want to go into heroes to zeros. Although I should say one more thing on pronunciation, talking about names and Kamala versus Kamala and things like that the most important thing for everyone to remember is that Senator James Lankford who brought forward this terrible stinking board stinking crap border bill that it's James not Jim never Jim this is cut nine welcome
1: back America I'm Hugh Hewitt joined by Senator Jim Lankford of Oklahoma good morning Senator welcome back good morning and it's always James never Jim <laughs>
0: Yeah, someone texted us that at the very end of the show yesterday, and we weren't able to get it in. So I had to play it today. That to me, and I know there's so many other important things. We're going to talk about the border with Caroline Levitt. We're going to talk about all these things. But I just have to point out, that to me is such a crazy move to correct someone on calling you Jim and not James. And I bet there's people out there who go, well, it's his name and he cares and he wants to, it's just something I can't relate to. You could call me, no one really calls me Gracie, but if I was getting interviewed on some network and they, and if I was getting interviewed by Hugh Hewitt and he said, Gracie Curly joins us now, I would not correct him in that moment. I might call up his producer after and say, hey, just future reference. It's just Grace, no Gracie. But there's something so awkward about saying it's James, never Jim, never Jim. And maybe this is just me, but I actually prefer Jim to James, so I don't really get it. But all I could think about in this moment was one of my favorite scenes from The Office. Well, to be fair,
2: Jim, James, Jimothy, to be fair, Jimothy, ah, that
0: sounds weird. Are you okay with being called Jim? I am. All right. Jim, to be fair. Jimothy Langford is what I like to call him. All right. So let's talk about this New York City Housing Authority bribery scandal. This is from the New York Post. It says, in total, and I'm going to skip around here. I have the whole thing on recommended reading. But uh, if you if you want to read more of the details, it's there. I just picked out some of my favorites. It says, in total, 70 current and former employees of the nation's biggest public housing authority were charged Tuesday in a classic pay-for-play corruption scheme. Now, again, Jared, when they say classic, what I think they're trying to say is there was no nuance to this. There, was- New
1: York has a brand.
0: This was not sneaky. These were not geniuses who were, you know, pulling a giant con. This was pretty dumb, pretty obvious, and pretty basic. That's what I read as classic. So they go through all the people involved in this scam. And it says, this one's my favorite, Dwarka Rupnarian allegedly collected at least $83,100 in bribes from $508,000 worth of contracts while serving as the superintendent for three different Bronx housing projects between 2007 and 2022. It says the 63-year-old dad's social media are littered with snaps from grand overseas vacations, showing his family frolicking on beaches, raising glasses of champagne, and smiling in front of Italian vistas in Venice and Rome must be nice his facebook profile also suggests a love of luxury european sports cars can i be included in that i love i love luxury any kind of sports cars doesn't have to be european you have a luxury sports car i love it i don't have one but i love them but maybe i'm just not involved in enough bribery schemes just yet but hey i'm young i'm only 31 there's still time for me Rupnarian retired from the NYCHA in 2022 and now lives in New Jersey. I don't know if he thought maybe this is like a Fauci thing. If I step out now and this whole thing goes down, they won't come after me. Well, what do you want to come after me for? I retired. I'm out of this game. If you want to find
2: me, I'll be in uh, Tuscan Villas somewhere.
0: (laughs) Rigoberto Charias pocketed at least $70,000 from $377,000 in contracts while serving as groundskeeper or superintendent between 2016 and 2024. Just over a year ago, the 34-year-old was selected to participate in NYCHA's Coaching and Mentorship Leader Academy a 16-week program aimed at an, aimed at enhancing leadership and management skills through mentorship. Mr. Sharia said he's guided by a Mark Twain quote. Aren't we all? I mean, I know I'm, you know what my Mark Twain is quote it is? Is that the one about
2: twice-tainted money?
0: No. What's your favorite, is that your favorite Mark Twain quote? Yeah. Mine is better to be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. I don't abide by it, obviously, in my life.
2: Mine is, that money is twice-tainted. Taint yours and it taint mine.
0: <laughs> that would that would definitely apply in the case of Mr. Sharius. It says the quote that he likes is the secret to getting ahead is getting started. That's what it reads on the website. I would I would actually um, amend that just slightly. The secret to getting ahead is getting started, comma. No, no comma necessary. The secret to getting ahead is getting started and taking bribes. Period. That's what you need to be teaching the youth. Like, oh, that's so vague. Oh, the the secret to getting ahead is getting started. Now, walk them through the pay to play. These young kids don't know what you're talking about, getting started. Talk about the contracts and the money. My message to all is this. If you want something in life, go after it and be relentless. Don't give up and don't take no for an answer. That's what has wrote in a separate profile on the website. Don't take no for an answer. Even if the law tells you no, Jared, you know, don't don't let that get you down. Nimia Branch allegedly took about. Th- so I read this today and I was going to I was going through each one and I was like, all right, which ones do I want to actually read about? It says Nimia Branch allegedly took three thousand dollars in bribes. And I was like, get out of here. Who cares? Three thousand Get to the real money, $3,000 in bribes. That's,
2: that's barely an oil change on a fancy European sports car.
0: <laughs> that's that's chump change here. We're, we're in the big leagues now. When we come back, I'll read you more because Alex Talizano takes it up a notch, okay? When you read about Talizano's um, problems at work, it's going to make you feel a lot better. If you've ha- been reprimanded recently at work, if you've been showing up late, if you've been messing up, Maybe you crunched the numbers wrong, you put something in the spreadsheet incorrectly. This guy's history at the N. Y. C. H. A. is gonna make you feel A whole lot better. We'll have that when we come back. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. When it comes to dentistry, he is the best at what he does. You can go to their website, perfectsmiles.com, and you can see that so many people have had their smiles transformed. And they really love their smiles now. And they just wish they had done it sooner. Because you see your smile every day. It's a huge part of who you are. It's a huge part of your daily life. And you want it to be the best that it can be. I love dr bruce houghton and his entire team i go there to get my teeth cleaned they are so good at what they do they love what they do which i think is just as important and they're going to walk you through this step by step if you've thought about perfect smiles for years but you've never called you've put it off you said i'll call them tomorrow or next week take the first step towards a renewed sense of self-confidence and visit dr bruce houghton they're conveniently located off Route 3, and they have plenty of parking. You can reach them at perfectsmiles.com. That's perfectsmiles.com. Change your smile, change your life. And, Jared, I'm going to give you a little heads-up to the next segment. When we come back to the NYCHA, here's the hint for you. Get the tubing cut ready. Ooh. And I want the full one with OJ involved. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show.
0: Today's poll question is brought to you by Silva & Salinas, a small law firm with a proven track record of big results. Whether it's family law, criminal defense, or some other legal concern, Mark Salinas and his team are with you from start to finish. Learn more about Silva and Salinas at sslawteam.com. That's sslawteam.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far?
2: Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is Trump says Bud Light deserves a second chance. Do you agree? Yes, no, or... I didn't drink Bud Light before the boycott anyway.
0: I think yes, they do. And I know that's going to be unpopular. But I'm going to vote I didn't drink Bud Light anyway because I'm not going to be part of the comeback. You know, I really feel like that's up to the people who are beer drinkers, which I am not. I prefer, I prefer a glass of red. Or a vodka soda. Um, So I'm I'm a high-class kind of lady. So I'm going to vote I didn't drink Bud Light anyway.
2: Uh, 44% of the audience agrees. They said they didn't drink Bud Light before the boycott anyway. 41% say no, and 15% say yes.
0: 41% just not going to give in. They're not going to give Anheuser-Busch a second chance. And that's their prerogative. I don't have a problem with people saying, it's not my job to bail you out. You know, you made your bed, you lie in it. I just... I think that they've paid a, a pretty steep price. I should mention here, Jared, the last caller, Tom, I was so thrown off by that because I was I was ready to talk about Bud Light. He says he likes to objectify women as a woman, as a radio host. I should say I am anti objectifying women. It's 2024. Tom, you, you, you got to get It's Just you you prepare yourself for certain calls and then you get one and you're like, hold on a second. What are we talking about here? So I just wanted to go on the record in case anyone's keeping track of where I stand on that. Lisa, you are up next on The Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Lisa.
4: Uh, hi, Grace. Um, I'd be willing to bet that Trump was um, called by Dana White and asked him to do him a, a solid yeah. on this one, because I don't see why Trump would get involved. But listen, I want to say something to Jared. Jared, anybody east, east of the Mississippi says Nevada and they say Colorado, okay? And we do not say Taliban, we do not say Afghanistan, and we certainly don't say Pakistan, okay? Interesting. But the New York Housing Authority,
0: Grace, Understood. Grace, the New York Housing Authority, <laughs> what? He, he gets it. He's, he's, he's taking your notes and he's going to implement it.
4: Oh, good. Okay. But um, the New York Housing Authority needs to explain to the thousands and thousands of New Yorkers who have been on the housing list for years, and somehow they're trading contracts for, I don't know, cases of Fiji water or snowblowers. Um, This is outrageous. This goes on everywhere, and this is exactly why people hate government. And now not only were they getting screwed by their local housing authority, now they are getting the scraps, as one person said, at a town hall in Chicago. We're getting the scraps because the uh, illegal aliens are getting everything ahead of the locals who, yeah. need, that, who need the help.
0: And, and you know what, uh, Lisa, there was a representative in Maine, in South Portland, who actually said that illegals deserve help over veterans. That was a real quote. Do we have this, Jared? Let's, let's play a... Uh Let's play cut
1: eight. What about the military folks that are getting out of the military and they have to go through all the lines to start all again, even though they have credentials? So my question, pretty simple. Why would we fast track them and we won't do it for our own military?
4: they have the advantage of speaking the language most of our military folks. So these folks that we're really working on may not have that. So it's gonna be really difficult for them to say, yes, I used to be an uh, electrician in my country. I'm just using mine, which is Somalia, but that might not really fall into our laws that we have in this country.
0: That was out of South Portland. We're going to talk more about this, um, and obviously, that last caller was kind of conflating the the corruption we're talking about with New York and the Housing Authority with the corruption we saw with the state troopers in Massachusetts, which is a whole other story. But her point is valid, which is we are always getting screwed, no matter which government agency you're looking at. And I want to talk more about this because we still have to get to the Jeffrey Tubin aspect of this story. Stay put, hang on, we'll be right back. We got a lot more to discuss. Don't go anywhere.
1: Live from the Aviva Tratria Studio.
0: everyone welcome back we got people on the lines let me just finish this one thing before we go to the calls i just want to finish this story about the new york city housing authority because you know what it's reminding me of when i was younger my nana anna boyle may she rest in peace she was a legend um she her whole life worked or almost her whole life worked for the phone company and one thing she used to tell my mom was that at the phone company in order to get fired you'd have to kill somebody. And you'd have to do it while you were on the job. Like, that's what it took to actually get the pink slip from the phone company. They had a very high threshold you had to meet to get fired. And I'm here to tell you that the New York City Housing Authority also has that high of a threshold. This is Alex Talizano. Alex Talizano allegedly made off with at least $41,000 from $205,000 in contracts. Now, first I read that, I go, eh, compared to some of these other people who are in the $300,000 range, that's not that much. But Talizano has a very interesting backstory that intrigues me. It seems Talizano, this is from the New York Post, is no stranger to trouble at work. So when you hear that, Jared, you think, oh, maybe he was late a couple times... Maybe he didn't get his assignments in or, like, his his workload. He wasn't accomplishing enough. No, no, no. This is different. In 2022, he was suspended for 30 days after he was caught naked in bed with a woman during a work-related video conference call.
3: Damn, Jeffrey Tubin. At least Pee Wee Herman was in an X-rated movie theater. I'm just saying
0: Ah, remote work. Maybe he was part of the hybrid model. This was on one of the days where he was at home. The routine work call took a turn when the face of a woman suddenly appeared on his video. Moments later, Talizano revealed himself, apparently stark naked, as his coworkers cried, "Oh my God!" and no. Talisano, who started working for the NYCHA in 1988, was also suspended two other times over the years. How many times, how many suspensions does a firing make? Like, how many do you need? He got suspended in 1995 in 2015, and he received an official reprimand in 2014. I do not know what the difference is. I don't know what's worse. What do you think is worse, suspension or official reprimand? The way they write it would make me think official reprimand is worse.
2: Yeah, I'm sure he was suspended with pay pending reprimand. Do
0: you, think, do you think the reprimand was a la Joe Biden? Like somebody in the NYCHA looked at him after the video conference call and said, listen to me. Don't. Don't. Don't.
2: Don't. I don't know that's such a bold strategy. I have to credit the Biden White House for coming up with that one
0: it says it remains unclear what led to his prior suspensions so we know that the one that we know about was being in bed naked with a woman during a work-related video conference call which by the way I don't even understand how that happens like the Jeffrey Tubin of it all for people who weren't you know uh, paying attention during that story which you missed talk about a golden age of journalism but the the Jeffrey Tubin story was he was on a zoom call and he was pleasuring himself and I'm I'm not even going to try to explain how that one happened because that also kind of boggled my mind but this one's really confusing because he's in bed so what does he have his laptop in the bed with him okay there's certain directors who can pull that off and their name is Hunter Biden but it's not for everybody okay Alex you got to learn that right away. He's in bed with a woman and a laptop, and he's logged in to his work conference call. I am so perplexed by this. How does that mistake even happen? And that was just one. That was just one of his warnings or suspensions. Well,
2: one of them was in 1995, right? Yes. So we really didn't have... we had tech, We didn't really have Zoom technology the way we do now that I know of, so it probably wasn't... Something similar to what happened this time around. No, but... Unless he faxed his nudity to somebody, which is possible.
0: But Jared, if, if I find out that somebody at a company was in trouble for being on a Zoom call naked in bed with somebody, and then I find out they had more suspensions, I am curious what those suspensions are about, only because I know what they're capable of, you know? So it's like, it's probably not, oh, he was tardy too many times. It's probably something a little more interesting than that. A little juicier. A little more salacious, if I had to guess. And by the way, the last thing I wanted to mention here about this story, it says Juan Mercado, 49, allegedly took a whopping $314,000 and some change in bribes from at least or over a million dollars in contracts. So that to me, that was the biggest number I saw. But it pays to be part of the NYCHA bribery scandal hall of fame or hall of shame But unfortunately, it seems like it's all coming to an end because it was figured out. The classic pay for play. 844. Imagine
2: the reprimands you're going to see now. I know.
0: Not good. It was fun while it lasted. Like, do you think people who are involved in things like this think we're never going to get caught? Like, we're going to be the ones who get away with it? Because if the guy who's involved in your scheme also got caught on a Zoom call in bed with someone, you got to know going in, we're not dealing with. Mensa members here like we're not dealing with the talented Mr. Ripley we're, we, we've got some dummies amongst us so I would be nervous like if I'm the person who took 3,000 I'm like do I want to take 3,000 and risk being involved with this dude who doesn't know how to enter a Zoom call without being naked in his bed just something to think about John you're up next on the Grace Curly show go ahead John hi Grace how you doing good okay, what's going on
3: uh listen something so- on my mind all week. It's in regards to those cowards from Venezuela that you know assaulted the police officers.
0: Yes, um, in New York, I saw, the
3: I saw the tape. It didn't look like a vicious beating, but there's still disregard and disrespect for the officers, and they did beat them up. And it's on tape now. My question is: Did they go in front of the same judge and prosecutor all of them, gentlemen, or they separate judges? In- How in the world could they release them with that video looking at them? I mean, I thought they were supposed to get rid of violent offenders. I mean, what are they gonna wait until someone kills a cop and then they'll hold them on bail? I don't I don't I don't even know if I don't
0: even know if that would If killing a cop at this point would get you stuck in jail based off what Alvin Bragg has got going in Manhattan, I mean, it seems like it's a revolving door for people. You can set a Christmas tree on fire and be out in time for lunch. And you're right. There's different treatment uh, as far as each one of these illegal aliens goes, because one of them is in prison and then... The other there's a few other ones who are not. So I'm not exactly sure on that. I know Alvin Bragg, politically speaking, is getting a lot of heat for this, but it doesn't seem to matter. Like a lot of these Democrat DAs and these Democrat politicians, they're Teflon. It doesn't matter how abhorrent their leadership is, their decisions are, their ideologies are. They they bounce back and he'll just move on to the next thing. He'll move on to the next thing. And meanwhile, what do we get? We get Flipped the double bird from an illegal alien who beat the crap out of a cop. And the only thing I disagree with you on to that last caller was I saw the video. I thought it was pretty vicious. I wouldn't want to be one of those cops if a gang of people started attacking you. Phil, you're up next on the Grace Curly Show. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, how's it going? Good. What's so, going on, friend? Uh,
3: well, I was thinking. You know how the, the Biden won't debate uh, Trump? I had this great idea. Now, all, in all seriousness, right? Yeah, Trump could still have his debate, but have a Biden, like, cardboard standing on the stage? And you have the moderator, you know, asking both questions. Trump does it. You know, all is up the level serious. And then you go to Biden, and you just play back his response from the past whenever that he, that he had video clips of, um, all in context, so that people get what he really said, not out of context. They can't say, well, he got that out of context. Well, just for what it is. Uh, I think...
0: Yeah, an idea I, had. I I think, Phil, that as far as the debate goes, and you're right. So Trump was on with Dan Bongino and he said, I want to debate Biden. I think he should debate. I don't think Biden will. And Trump's kind of opened the window to him uh, or, or given him the opportunity to decline the debates because he didn't want to debate other GOP candidates. But here's what I will say is that I think what Trump really needs to do is focus on explaining to the American people just how bad Joe Biden has been. And it sounds obvious, right? But I was thinking about this with the border bill because we know we know now how the media works. We know how they frame things. They're going to frame this like Republicans don't want to secure the border because they didn't go along with this giant boondoggle of a bill to send $60 billion to Ukraine. So what Republicans need to do, and some of them are better at it than others, is Take the parts of this bill, the most egregious, most offensive parts, and, and serve that to the American people and say, just so you know, this is what was in that bill that Democrats are so proud of. And keep reminding them and keep debunking the crap that comes out of this White House. For example, KJP and Biden love to say, we we, we put together a comprehensive immigration package on the first day. Peter Ducey yesterday says, who was in charge on the first day? who was in charge of congress that's exactly and that should be thrown at them for everything when they talk about when they talk about gun control when they talk about illegal immigration they were in charge and they didn't do any of these things that now they claim they'll do if they just get four more years so trump needs to set that up another thing i'm i'm very confused about is yesterday and we played this cut yesterday biden's talking about how He forgot the name of Hamas. And one of the reporters, as Jared said, it was audience participation, had to say Hamas and kind of throw him a bone. And now all the headlines that I'm reading, and it's not just the the left wing headlines. It's like the New York Post are saying Biden appears to forget the name of Hamas. And I'm going appears. He did forget the name. I don't know how how else you can confirm he forgot the name if someone has to shout it out to him. That seems to me like a definite thing that he forgot if he needs help from a journalist, air quotes there, in the crowd. We'll talk more about this when we come back. 844-500-4242. I don't think there'll be debates, but I would love to see it. I would love to see that. Nasipi Gin just opened reservations for winter getaways, and this is the perfect time, Jared. Imagine today heading to the Nosset Beach Inn. It's this beautiful, it's winter time, but it's this beautiful, sunny, crisp day in New England, and there's no better place to be than the Nosset Beach Inn with a view of the beach and with, you know, so many things to do right around the corner.
2: Yeah, it's the 38 and sunny is, is kind of like prime New England winter, and Nosset Beach Inn is prime New England getaway because you are right on the beach. I mean, any room you're in, you are steps from the beach, and you can just... Because it's the Cape in the winter, you can enjoy the beach. You can walk along. You can listen to the ocean. They're pet-friendly. If you want to walk your dog on the beach, you can let the dog run around, have some fun. And it is tranquil, is the best way that I can describe it. It's the most tranquil place that I've ever been. My wife and I, when we were there, we loved we could go out and sit by the fire pit in the morning and drink our morning coffee and watch the sunrise. Because there are fire pits you can sit in when it gets, you know, if you're outside, if it gets a little chilly. But even if it gets too cold... There's a fireplace in every room with a giant picture window so you can still be cozy and warm and you can enjoy all the ambiance of the Cape and the Nausit Beach Inn.
0: And right now you can stay at the Nausit Beach Inn for under $200 this winter, which is unheard of when it comes to Cape Cod. And really, with Joe Biden's economy, it's kind of unheard of anywhere. Uh, so you really want to take advantage of this. Go to NausitBeachInn.com. That's com. We've got a great segment coming up for you. Don't miss it. We'll be right back.
2: The
1: Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show.
3: So you're looking for a deal and you
4: want to make it real. A money-saving deal. It's Grace's Goodies. Goody,
0: goody. All right, this is when everyone is racing to their computers. And for good reason, these go really fast. That is gift cards to Aviva Trattoria, my favorite restaurant. You can purchase a $50 gift card to Aviva Trattoria for just $25. Really, really delicious food, a great atmosphere. And everybody who works there, they, they love it. And you feel like your family when you walk into an Aviva Trattoria. Now, joining us is Chef Anthony De Palma. And Chef Anthony, we've got so many things coming up. And the near future. Let's start with the big game this weekend. What I love about Aviva and your menu is there's so many options for sharing. There's so many great appetizers. Can you give us a little bit of uh, information on some of those apps?
5: Absolutely, Grayson. Thanks for having Aviva again. Uh, We are so excited for the uh, big game. And this is when the families come together. This is how we serve our food. Uh, So you know, from chicken wings to pizzas, all the different kinds of pizzas that we have uh, paninis, we can do assorted panini trays, pasta bowls, salad bowls, uh, vegetarian food, gluten free food, kids' food. Um, we have it all, and it's just it, leave it up to us. Uh, get the orders in early. Either call your favorite store, visit us online at the Viva Trattoria. That's Um, Get the information going because it does get super, super busy. And our call-off really is around Friday afternoon, so um, we are excited. We're waiting for that, and the calls are already coming in.
0: Now, speaking of reservations, Anthony, you know that one of the (laughs) biggest, biggest days for people to go out and grab a bite to eat and have a romantic dinner and just treat themselves... Happens in February. It's Valentine's Day. Tell people why they should pick a Viva Trattoria to have that delicious, you know, meal and nice romantic sit down with their loved one.
5: Again, it goes back to our core foundation, grace, and it's all about the family. And this, what's great about this event is it's always the couples, and they finally get to get out and enjoy, usually, some quiet time for themselves. And our staff is so ready all the time and prepared. Of hospitality and you know the, the charm that that is there at the Aviva with the open kitchens and the bars and the, and the TVs and all the activity going on. We're running a beautiful um, features menu for the holiday. Chef Roberto's worked out uh, some, some great items. We've got a, a, a polenta cake that's coming on the menu as an appetizer. Uh, with some Calabrian cheese, pepper sauce, some balsamic and some micro greens and awesome scallop and pear salad grease. It's like I, I don't really enjoy salad, but you put a bit of crispy prosciutto and an apricot orange vinaigrette with pears and and scallop. Wow, mamma mia! Um, <laughs> he's doing an Aviva melt with the, with lobster, New England lobster, and then this dish I had for lunch. Uh, I'm bringing the rest home for the boys. I couldn't even finish it. A creamy lobster and scallop pasta with tagliatelle, roasted tomatoes, asparagus, and. It's decadent uh sherry lobster butter of course the the cocktails are at the bar we're doing a tie loss Corvus vodka uh we're featuring that this this holiday with the chocolate covered berry martini um uh, man, just make sure you're in the back seat after that <laughs> and the, as you said there's a, <laughs> there's always so much going on uh Texas said the teddy Phil said this uh, spring's coming early, so. Uh, The the weather looks great next week. We are super excited. All locations are open. Westford, Marlboro, Maynard, Rentham, uh, Malden, Stoneham, Hanover, Rochester, New Hampshire. Get the reservations in. Uh, Any requests, specialty things that you need, dietary, please call us ahead. Uh, We're looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Anthony. And and I want people to remember that, yeah, if you love pasta, if you love chicken parm, if you love all the Italian classics, this is the place for you. That's always my go-to when I go to Aviva. And I love to go there on special days like Valentine's Day. But also, they have, every, they have something for everyone. They have delicious salads. They have pork shank. They have salmon, veal, short rib. And everything is made with such delicious ingredients, um, usually from right down the road. And everything is crafted to yeah. perfection. And like Chef Anthony said... The cocktails don't miss. I mean, the, uh, the Aviva Spritz. Aperol Spritzes are very in right now, and you cannot beat the Aviva Spritz. And also, Chef Anthony, before we go, well, first, I want to remind everyone gracecurlyshow.com. Click on store to grab these. But also, Valentine's Day, you got to get a dessert, Chef Anthony.
5: You, you do. In the dessert this year, we're doing this awesome chocolate chip bread pudding. It, it, it's just, it's really, it's like you might as well have eight spoons. Uh, It's wonderful to share. Grace, one last thing, too, as as we're coming upon uh, school vacation. Um, Remember, Aviva loves kids, and kids eat free during uh, during February vacation. So get those gift cards at a discount from Grace. Bring the family over to us, and have a blast in our restaurants.
0: Wow, you cannot beat that. Kids eat free, and you're getting this gift card for $50. You're getting it for just 25 bucks. There's so much fun happening at Aviva, so many new locations. Check them out at Avivatrateria.com and get your gift card at GraceCurlyShow.com.